Hey guys, it's Michelle. Before I even play the intro for you, I just wanted to mention one quick thing. I recorded this interview in my car because my kids were home. We're right in the middle of the COVID-19 crisis. So just take a quick note, the audio a couple times goes in and out. And for that, I apologize, but you know, you got to do what you got to do. This information in this interview is so valuable. So I just want to thank you for your patience and please Look past the couple audio blips and listen to Tanya's story. I know you'll get great takeaways from it. You're listening to the Digital Brand Envy Podcast, where we believe creating an impactful customer journey is the biggest opportunity to grow any business. Sales funnel strategist Michelle Caruana will let you in behind the scenes of the campaigns and launches her team is working on while highlighting what's working and what's not to attract an audience and convert them into customers and raving fans so you can achieve your own envy-worthy brand. Welcome to episode 32 of the Digital Brand Envy podcast. I have a very special guest on the show with me today. Her name is Tanya, and she is a member of my Play Cafe Academy course and my Playmaker Society course. And I decided to have her on the show today because she has a really unique journey, and I think a lot of people listening could really relate to her story. So Tanya started as an occupational therapist working for a company. She's going to talk about the details and why she decided to kind of move into business and become her own boss. So I'll let her tell you those details, but she decided to transition and open a play-based business. And what is so unique about Tanya's story is that she has really woven her skills from her learned profession, what she went to school for, into every facet of her business. And now with the COVID-19 crisis and everything that's going on in the world right now, she's actually started offering virtual classes and digital products, and she's really expanding her reach. So I wanted to share her story with you because I think it's important that brick and mortar business owners or local service-based business owners, I think it's really important now more than ever to really open your mind and realize that you don't just have to serve your immediate community. There are other opportunities out there your message and your mission can reach more people. And Tanya is a perfect example of that. So without further ado, I am going to bring you Tanya Peterson. All right. So thank you so much for joining me today, Tanya. Thanks for having me. So let's dive right in. And why don't we get started by you kind of introducing yourself and telling everyone kind of what career you started with, how that's shifted. Okay, um, well, my name is Tanya Peterson. Um, before I opened the Tot Spot, which is a play cafe, I was an occupational therapist. Um, I started at a hospital, um, Upstate Medical University in Upstate New York, where I worked on the neural floor. I transitioned into pediatrics, and then I eventually transitioned into academia, where I taught um, at a local occupational therapy assistant program. Um, and the main course I taught was developmental pediatrics. And then um, in October of 2019, I officially opened my Play Cafe, the Tot Spot in Oneida, New York, after I took your wonderful course. Awesome. And it's been so, so great having you here. So what was it like to transition from, you know, working as an occupational therapist to becoming, you know, a business owner and your own boss? How was that transition? Was it tough? Do you have any tips? Um, It was, it's a different mindset. So when you work for somebody else, you have different expectations and different standards and you're trying to 
how do I want to say this? You're trying to maintain your, well, in occupational therapy world, you're trying to maintain your productivity and progress your patients towards their goals. Where now I, my mindset has shifted. I'm trying to make my business work. I'm trying to you know, be profitable, pivot as needed, especially in these times with COVID and everything. So it's a, definitely a mindset shift to go from working for somebody else and then going to owning your own business. So how did you make that decision to leave? Was it a personal decision? Did you, you know, did you have any motivations behind kind of making the switch from a therapist to a business owner? So I was commuting um, 45 minutes. The, my last job was actually at the college. Um, so I was commuting 45 minutes. Um, I have two small children. I have a three and a four-year-old. So I wanted, I wanted more time with them. I wanted more flexibility. I've always kind of had this, entrepreneur mindset. Um, so I knew I wanted to do something different. And when I first kind of started this journey to play cafe ownership, I, my original plan was to open up a private practice. Um, but then I was like, you know what, I kind of want to do something that would benefit the whole community and not a select few. So that's when I kind of started doing some research. I came across Play Cafe Academy and decided, yeah, that's what I want to do. Awesome. Well, that's great. Very, um, I love hearing all of the different unique kind of transitions that everyone has into business ownerships. Always very interesting to me. So something that you said, I kind of wanted to dive a little bit more into. So you mentioned pivoting and being agile and things like that. So what are some things that you've done to, you know, handle your business being forced to close during the COVID-19 crisis? So we closed our doors officially in March. Um, so I did start out with kind of offering some online physical products. So we started doing um, make your own sensory kits and I was doing that. We were actually pretty successful with that, but I'm also home right now with my two kids. So putting them together, getting to the post office to mail them out, it just became, it was kind of impossible. And then I didn't want to take my kids in public. Um, we have to wear masks in New York. So I decided to pivot to more of an online presence. Um, so now I'm offering virtual workshops, um, Mommy and Me seminars focused on new moms. So moms with babies from five and a half weeks to six months. And then I have a level two, which is six months to 12 months. And just kind of meeting people virtually, giving them some support. I mean, you, met, can, you have kids, you remember what it's like being pregnant. I couldn't imagine and having a newborn and how much support you need. And yeah, I feel like right now people are scared and they're not leaving their houses. So I wanted to bring support to them. And honestly, I just miss working. Like I'm a worker. So um, I'm also, the other thing I've been focusing on is helping other pediatric OTs transition to entrepreneurship with a play-based business. So awesome. I'm putting together a webinar. Yeah, I'm trying to keep busy. Yeah, I, I totally hear you there. I have the ver very similar tendencies. So I definitely want to get into what you just mentioned, but kind of taking one step back to the virtual workshops. Are you hosting those on Zoom? Like, can the participants see each other? Like, how are you hosting those? So our first um, level one mommy and me is supposed to start next week on June 4th. And we're actually doing Google Meet. And oh, hope, yes, we'll be able to see each other. Oh, cool. So it's kind of providing that, you know, face-to-face -face connection between the moms and dads and 
and you as well. So I think that's really interesting. I wasn't sure if it was like pre-recorded or anything like that. I'm playing with the idea of doing some um, pre-recorded videos so that I can send them out. I want to give moms especially resources. Um, and I have a lot of knowledge to share. I've been an OT for over a decade now. So I have a lot of stuff I I want to share. And again, it's really, really important to me to support me moms. I'm super passionate about that population. So. That's awesome. Well, it sounds like the blend, you know, between the entrepreneurial world and your previous job is working out. So, you know, other than the obvious, what are some other ways that, you know, being an occupational therapist has, you know, prepared you to be a business owner, how it, you know, affects, positively affects your community? What are some, you know, uh, kind of strategies or mindsets that you brought from that world into your space? Because I've been to your space personally, and I can tell it was designed by somebody, you know, who knew what they were doing. So can you talk a little bit about how your background has kind of helped you prosper in this business? Yeah, definitely. So um, as a pediatric OT, I'm an expert in child development. So when and I developed my idea for the task that I focused very much on developmental play stages as well as sensory processing. So I'm a huge self-proclaimed play advocate. Um, children in these modern times, they don't get as many play opportunities as maybe you and I did when we were children or even our parents did. They're not going outside as much. They're much more sedentary. Um, there's a lot more screen time and video games. So one of the very first things that I decided when I started designing the task spot was I didn't want any screens. We, we do have one television, but we don't play anything on it. It's just for advertising. Um, and we have recently added a projector, but we haven't really used it very much. But I wanted it to be old fashioned play. So I wanted them to engage in their, with their imagination. I wanted them to manipulate toys. Um, I wanted them to move. We have a gross motor area and a gross motor structure. So I wanted all different types of play. I wanted to challenge them cognitively and physically. And um, that's where my OT background really came into play. Um, we do a lot of sensory bottles. Um, we do enrichment classes. We do music classes. We've uh, done art classes. So really just trying to bring what I like to call old school play back, you know, back to now so that kids can, kids benefit from that so much. And we've lost a lot of it. Yeah, absolutely. And before COVID, I know you, you were doing, or at least planning to do some in-person classes and workshops around the developmental phases as well, right? I'm sorry, you cut out there. Oh, sorry. So um, I, I think I recall before COVID and everything, before the virtual workshops, you were also planning on using your space to do in-person workshops or classes. Is that correct? Yes. So I wanted to start doing some more mommy and me type things in person. Um, and then COVID hit. So we moved them to the virtual world. Um, hopefully when we reopen, hopefully by the end of June, um, we'll get those classes back. It'll look, look a little differently, but hopefully we'll be back in the physical space and be able to, you know, talk and see each other and have that connection in real time. Yeah, absolutely. So um, in terms of now kind of expanding to help other occupational therapists, what kind of topics are you covering? Where are you, um, you know, connecting with other people? How are you connecting with other occupational therapists? Do you want to talk about that a little bit? Sure. Yeah. So I've actually met a lot of um, other therapists on Facebook. I'm in a lot of OT groups, and one of the groups I'm in is actually designated for 
it's for all therapists. So it's for speech pathologists, physical therapists, and OTs who are looking for alternative uses of their skills. Um, so I actually was talking to one of the administrators for that group, and that's where they're like, well, host a webinar. And I had so many pediatric OTs message me and say, I'm really interested in this. How did you do this? People are looking for, you know, guidance. Um, we don't get that kind of education in OT school. You know, we get, we learn frameworks and theories and development and anatomy and physiology, but we don't get the business side, which is why I saw you out in the beginning because the business side was so foreign to me. But now that I'm in it, I think combining the what I've learned from the business side as well as what I know from OT, you know, my OT experience, um, it's a very unique niche. And I think- Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'm a huge fan of choosing a specific niche. And like I was kind of mentioning before, I think your background brings, like you said, a very specific skill set. And you can tell, you know, when you walk into your space, I can absolutely see that, you know, you handpicked every single thing very intentionally. So I definitely think that, you know, your experience and guidance could help. And I'm so glad that you're doing that. So um, in terms of like webinars, what kind of topics are you looking at? So... I'm still putting it together. Um, I'm set to, I should be set to launch beginning of June. So I'm just going to kind of, what the webinar's purpose is right now is just to kind of see what the questions are. So I'll do some very basic, you know, this is how I started. Um, some very basic things like that, and then kind of see where it leads as far as the questioning goes. And then eventually I'd like to turn that into a small course for, you know, OTs to take and be able to start their own play-based businesses. Yeah, that's awesome. I love how you're taking, you know, all of your experience and things like that and directing it towards, you know, people with similar backgrounds and similar skill sets as you. So I know we've talked about this before because we talk a lot in the Playmaker Society group, but um, I love the fact that you're kind of letting them, the people that you're looking to serve, kind of dictate what content you're putting out there. I'm, you know, always a huge advocate of starting simple, asking questions, seeing where the road takes you, and then kind of letting them say, okay, this is what I'm struggling with, so that you can actually identify what content they're struggling with and what they need. I mean, obviously, you have a very good sense of it coming from that sort of background, but I think it's so smart. If you listen to your audience, they will tell you what they want and what they need. I think so, we get so much into our own heads. This is what I know. This is what I can teach. But if you listen and if you're quiet for a moment and you let them speak to you, they will tell you exactly what they want from you. That's very smart. That's a very good reminder. I admit all the time that I tend to create my content calendar around what I'm thinking about and what I'm, you know, and then, yeah. And then I'll look at my like YouTube views or I'll look at my email open rates and I'm like, well, that didn't do as good as I thought it would. And it's because I'm not, you know, I need the reminder all the time that it's way better to listen than it is to just kind of do whatever kind of strikes the mood for you. So that's a great reminder. Yeah. I've definitely like written a blog post and be like, oh, this is going to kill. And then get like very few views. I'm like, oh, <laughs> Because you think you know, but you really, you know, you really don't. Yeah, absolutely. So um, what are some other kind of, uh, you know, have you had any kind of obstacles in starting your business or you have you had any roadblocks that you've had to overcome or any kind of just random tips to share that you've kind of picked up along the way? Um, I, I would say one of my biggest tips is, you know, go in with a plan and then have a plan B and then have a plan C. 
like especially with what's going on right now none of us you know foresaw this coming um and we've all had to pivot and just to know that there's always going to be some sort of unexpected occurrence that's going to happen and you're going to need to either go over it go through it or go around it but you're going to have to overcome it somehow so that your business can survive and it might not be as huge as a national pandemic but it's going to be something else i mean we closed i, I don't know if i, I think you, i told you this but when we first opened we got um one of our inspections, we had some code violations. So we literally were open for a week. Um, then codes came and shut us down for a couple of days. And it's just, it's such a learning process. And if you let those hurdles get to you, you'll, you'll never survive as a business owner. So you take everything with a grain of salt and you keep your eye on the prize really, and you manifest it really. You know what you want and you do what it takes to get there. That's awesome. That's great advice. I definitely had some roadblocks along my way as well. So was there anything about opening a business or, you know, cause you had to go from working with, you know, private clients to working with the public every day. Did anything surprise you about that transition? Hmm, that's a good question. Let me think about that one. Um, yeah, I know. I'm just kind of throwing these questions randomly at you, but while you're thinking for me, I remember you know, the biggest thing that surprised me was, you know, everybody was so excited for me to open and everybody was so supportive. And I just assumed that everything would just translate, you know, as soon as I opened and things like that. And people did definitely show up and show support, but I was really shocked at how fast, you know, they, the kind of, I don't want to say they were disillusioned or anything, but I had this, you know, um, mindset that, oh, moms are going to want to support moms. You know, they're going to be happy for me. They're going to be supportive. And, you know, I, I was really hurt by the first couple negative reviews that came in, even if they were constructive and they had completely valid points. I was surprised at not only that they came in because, you know, logically I knew that our space wouldn't be for everybody, but I was also kind of surprised at the way it affected me and, you know, how personally I took it. So to me, you know, I've learned so much about myself as a business owner. And that was really the most surprising thing to me is, you know, there are people that really will just want to see you fail. And, you know, you have to develop that thick skin and say, you know, I know what I'm doing is good. I know that I'm helping the community and, you know, I'm going to take the constructive criticism and I'm going to brush off what's not constructive. And that was what was the biggest kind of shocker, shocker overcome hurdle for me. Yeah, I can, and I can definitely agree with that because when you're, you're planning your business, it's your baby and you're, you know, it consumes your time, it consumes your money, it consumes your thoughts. And then, yeah, to have someone come in and be like, eh, this is okay. Yeah. <laughs> or say something negative. Yeah, you really do take it to heart. But I always think about, actually, this piece of advice came from you. And I don't know if you've talked about it on the podcast. You probably have. I consume so much of your content. I don't know where I get it from. But um, (laughs) when you said that, it might have been directly from the course, when you said what people say or do is a bigger reflection on them than it is on you. Yep, absolutely. So they say something negative, you know, take a step back. Going through something you have no idea about and it might that comment might be hurtful at the moment but when you take a bigger perspective and take a look at what's going on in their lives and it usually is a bigger reflection of something that they're going through than it is of your actual business yeah absolutely i actually just um released a podcast episode today the day that we're recording this about that exact topic 
did you? <laughs> I did. I did. Um, so that's why I kind of, that's why it was top of mind for me. But yeah, I, I think I say that everywhere. It's, and that took me a long time to learn. And it took me a long time to realize and to grow that thick skin and realize that it's not mm -hmm. really about me. Like, yes, they could have some very valid concerns. You know, maybe there was a sharp edge that I need to correct, or maybe, you know, I could, you know, do more for older kids or something like that. There's always ways to improve, but mm -hmm. I had to really learn how to not take it personally and, you know, look at it more objectively. And eventually I actually just ended up sending all of my business emails through our manager first. And she would only forward me like the important ones so that I wasn't getting so flooded. Yeah. You know, even if it's constructive, again, it wasn't always negative. There was, you know, 90% of the comments were positive, but for some reason, those negative ones just seem a lot louder, even if yeah. they're, you know, smaller in proportion. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So as we wrap up, did you have any, any other tips anywhere, anything that you wanted to share, any resources anywhere that we can follow you or your business? Sure. Yeah. So um, I'm on Facebook um, at the top spot play center and my Website is www.thetotspotplaycenter.com. Um, it's actually under a little bit, it's up right now, but it is under a little bit of construction. We're updating it with our new offering, um, the Family Wellness Consulting, which is the virtual mommy and me workshops. And I'm also offering one-on-one. Um, so families can call and ask about, you know, sensory processing, uh, postnatal care, because I also have training in like pelvic floor therapy and women's health. So I'm trying to take all those things and put them into the business and support the families as much as I can. So we're in a little bit of construction, but we got a lot of good stuff coming up the pike. So I'm excited. Awesome. I, I hope a lot of people definitely follow you. And um, something else that I just wanted to touch on because you brought it up is that one-on-one -on -one coaching style. And I think that's how I started. And I got so much clarity, like you were saying before, around what questions people have, what they were struggling with, what objections they were facing. So if anyone is listening that has a brick and mortar business or an in-person service-based business and, you know, an online course or something feels super overwhelming because you don't know what content to create, doing that one-on-one -on -one style coaching or consulting, or even just doing calls with people that you think are in your ideal customer avatar range I think will bring so much clarity and I think it's so smart that you're doing that to talk to these people one-on-one -on -one before, you know, going and creating, you know, something big for them. Yeah. And they will, they will ask you the same questions. So if you hear something over and over and over again, that's your sign. That's what you need to focus on because that's what people want to know. I get messages all the time. Um, when we were open, people would always ask me, Hey, you know, my child's kind of doing this, this quirky thing. What do you think about that? Or what's your opinion on this? play equipment or this piece of, you know, this type of car seat or whatever, because they knew my background. And I was like, Hey, you know, I, I could do this. I, this could be a facet of my business using stuff. I already know that I've been doing for a decade, but I missed it. You know what I mean? I just came up with this, this, these new services where I could have been doing this the whole time. So just listen and your, the people will tell you what they want. Yep. Absolutely. And I always, you know, took very good notes. I recorded my coaching sessions so that I could kind of go back and, you know, not only write down the questions that they ask, because you're absolutely right. They will, they will get competitive or repetitive, the types of questions that you're hearing, but also just using the words that they use, mm -hmm. um, using the words that they use to describe themselves, their struggles, what they want to learn. Anytime you're putting together emails or YouTube videos or sales pages, using the language of the people that you're hoping to serve is something that 
I always try to do. So that's another really good benefit of actually talking one-on-one -on -one with people. And I feel like on the receiving end of that, the person that you're speaking to is like, wow, they're talking directly to me. They, they're looking at me through their computer. Like they resonate with the message so much because you're, you're speaking to them the way that they've spoken to you. So I think that's a really important piece right there. Yep, absolutely. Well, we will all go and follow you. And I just wanted to say thank you so much for taking the time out. I know all of our kids are home and it's tough to find childcare. So thank you so much for taking the time to share your story and your business and what you have coming up. Oh, thank you so much. Thanks for having me. All right. Take care. All right. Well, I hope you enjoyed my interview with Tanya. I know that the audio was a little bit rough. I actually recorded the episode in my car. So thank you to all of you for your patience. I really appreciate it. I know that there was a little, you know, in and out there, but I really wanted to share the information with you. I hope that Tanya's story gave you inspiration to not only make a pivot in your career path if you feel like you need to or if you're not feeling fulfilled. And I also hope it gave you some inspiration and insight into how local service-based businesses can expand beyond their local communities. And I hope she gave you some really practical advice in order to do so. All right. Have a great day. I will see you guys next week.